0: We are beginning the third week of Advent season, and today Ellen O'Brien will be preaching from Luke 1, 26-56 in the series called Promises. Follow along as I read the text. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got, re- got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. But when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. For now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the wrench away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. As a child, did you ever have a classmate
1: or maybe somebody who was a friend and they made a promise and then turned around and violated and they said, Oh, I have my fingers crossed and you learned quickly. Hmm. I can't trust that person. And then there might be somebody else who was giving you a promise and then it didn't seem like they were keeping it you were having to wait too long or they didn't show up on time but you knew this person was trustworthy and so you were left with this tension and then over time you thought yeah they're trustworthy so now if this person doesn't fulfill their promise i need to give them the benefit of the doubt there must be a good reason why we are entering into um, a beautiful Christmas story where there was this entire people who were waiting and waiting for God to fulfill his promises. And some had started to lose faith and some still really trusted. And then Gabriel, God's messenger, shows up and starts talking to Mary. And Mary is probably here around 13. Now, I've heard this a long time, but I didn't know why until recently. And what it is, is that we know that in the culture of the time, uh, girls were typically betrothed or promised or pledged to their prospective husbands around 13. And then at 14 is when they would officially marry. And that's why we can guess she's around 13. I have a 13-year-old in my house, so I've been envisioning. What if the angel Gabriel came to show up and had a conversation with her? Well, God broke in because God was about to fulfill promises. Promises that had long felt unfulfilled. David had received a promise from God there would be an heir forever on the throne. And Jacob and his father and grandfather had also been promised these large generations. Gabriel starts off and he greets her and he's like, oh, oh oh, yeah, you don't have to be afraid. I think she knew something big was happening. I don't think she could have conceived (laughs) about what was about to be asked of her. Gabriel informs her that God will, wants her to be the mother of His Son Most High. And she's like, well, how's that going to work? Very practical question. I'm a virgin. And as we learn, there is going to be no word of God that fails, even when we're experiencing it. Many others have been waiting a long time. Really, by the time Gabriel and Mary are having this conversation, The descendants of Jacob had been under someone else's authority for almost 600 years. This is a thousand years after David was walking on the earth. More than a century and a half, closer to two centuries, since Abraham had walked on the earth. And here is this young woman being invited to step into her own history and to be a part of God's fulfilling these long-awaited promise fulfillments. Now, it's fascinating to me, in this oral tradition, she knew her personal history, not just her nation's history, but she knew her family connections. She knew what God had said. And in all of this, when she is reminded Gabriel also gives her an illustration. Oh yeah. And your family member, Elizabeth, who nobody thought was going to have a child. Well, God's helped her get pregnant. And so Gabriel is saying, God is working and God's working everywhere. And then he gives an example of someone she knows, someone she could trust. And then he summatively says in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. I often wonder if she came back to those very words when the son that's being prophesied over now um, was an adult, when he was on a cross. Did these words reverberate in her life? Is that why, probably when she was interviewed by Dr. Luke, that she recalled it? Because they were so important. And she responds, I am the Lord's servant. I'm in verse 38 may your word to me be fulfilled this is a humble response of trust and faith it's her yes in this passage there are all these promises whirling about that i've mentioned her parents had promised her to joseph god had promised things to jacob and to david and later on it's mentioned to abraham God had promised Zechariah a son. All these promises are floating around. And in the midst of this, Mary makes a commitment to God. A commitment to be his servant. A commitment to trust he would bring about what he has said. And then... She gets a reprieve from all the implications of what this promise meant and she is also validated by her family member Elizabeth. Immediately Elizabeth's baby leaps for joy, recognizes Elizabeth knows who this child is. Throughout Luke, joy is important Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit of God, and she speaks, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her. God is fulfilling His promises to Mary. And in her yes to that, and in God's yes about this, there is a fulfillment of a historic promise. Often, we just see our little sliver of reality in the world. And yet God is working out kingdoms. That is what really what faith is, is that we trust in him. And we believe the things that we have not yet seen fulfilled are going to be fulfilled. And Mary gets to be a part of what generations and generations and thousands of years of people had waited to see. When she is with this family member, I think there must have been relief. Because realize in Mary's yes, she was compromising what her parents had planned for her, what she had been prepared for, where she had been pledged. She is saying yes, but she is also complicating the family plan. The family, what she is expected of her is not happening. And so when Elizabeth sees what Mary knows, she heard Gabriel say, she feels encouraged. She feels validated. And when we say yes to the Lord, when we agree to participate in his kingdom, and we agree to be his servant, we need encouragers in our life who really care about us and deeply care about the things of God and can call out what is truly from him and can encourage and validate us in saying yes when it may go against what our family wants and all that we've been prepared to do, professionally or personally, and in the relationships that we thought we were headed in. Throughout this chapter of Luke, or this section of Luke, in the verses uh, 26 to 56, there's lots about promise. There's also lots about fulfillment. Did you notice that in verse 38, um, God's Word is being fulfilled in verse 44 41 I'm sorry Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit verse 45 Elizabeth confirms Mary blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her and when Mary breaks into her song, which we're about to look at, the hungry get filled. There is physical filling because God is just. There is emotional filling because God cares about all of who we are. And there is spiritual filling of the, with the Spirit because God wants all of us imbued and filled with Him. And then, let's be honest, there are also two women who are now full of babies, or are about to be, as Mary's was still small this undercurrent of filling is what God is about. He makes promises and he fills them. Now, his timing is not our timing, and his ways are not always our ways, but he is a God who fulfills his promises, and Mary because she trusted him gets to accept it. Now, after Mary blesses and Elizabeth blesses Mary, Mary starts to sing. Now, I got to thinking about this, and I was like, I've heard this song sung uh, very formally, I've heard it sung like a lullaby, I've heard it sung like a ballad, but I went and I listened to modern Palestinian music just to try and catch a rhythm and a sound, even though it's not identical to what music was 2000 years ago. And I wish we could hear. I also thought if Mary had been born in another community, this could have been a country song. This could have been a rap. But that Mary was breaking into song. Maybe there was a tune she already knew. And she already knew these character traits of God. And yet now her own life was being filled with them. I'd like to read it from The Message. So, verses 46 to Uh, 55 in Luke 1. And Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one good look at me and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength. He scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. And then Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back home. Mary's song tells us what her community felt and frustration. She would later have her heart broken because she had promised herself to the Lord and she would see her son die a horrific death. But she would also know deep, deep joy. I think... Um, I've been informed by a counselor one time that those who want the greatest joy also have often had and processed the greatest sorrow. Because in human life, we can't only choose the great emotions. But Mary knew. She knew what had happened to her people. And she knew that God was showing up again. In Mary's humility and trusting of God, she helped God she was a partaker in God's fulfilling his promises to his people it's interesting because God could work um, without us and yet if you notice he's a God of conversation and interaction he went and he sent his messenger to have a conversation not just give an edict was a choice in there for Mary, and she said yes. He's a God of conversation because he used Elizabeth to encourage and to validate and to strengthen Mary for her role and her promise to him. In your own life, there are going to be times where God asks you to do something, and it might go against what your family has planned. It might go against what you have prepared for. You probably weren't being prepared for marriage in this way at 13. So maybe it's your schooling. You may have to go against your very own plans. You know, Mary is just a few months away from marrying Joseph. That's where her mind was. You may even have to violate what does your culture or our culture say is proper, your proper role, proper responses. It doesn't seem to me Jesus or Mary were overly concerned with propriety. And even just as Mary does not understand how this is exactly going to happen, God may ask us to do some things that go well past our comprehension. I hope that when you are asked by the Lord to do something that doesn't quite make sense to you and you cannot see all of how it will happen and all of how it fits into his plan and into his promises, you will be like Mary and say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled And when others around you receive a call from the Lord, I pray you will be like Elizabeth, that you will keep on being filled with the Spirit and you will recognize the movement and the activity of God and you will call out in great joy when the Lord is fulfilling His promises, even when there is nothing to be seen yet, but you hear the Spirit whispering, this is what I've been talking about, that you would call out into others That they would be blessed because they believe what the Lord would fulfill His promises. May you and I be as humble as Mary, as trusting as Mary, as wise as Mary, so that we can experience more of God's character, more of His power, more of His holiness, and more of His provision. Let's step into God's story and let's say yes to God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for Mary. We thank you because she was the mother of Jesus but we just also thank you for the way she gives us a picture of how we can humbly say yes to you. We pray that we would be uh, willing to say yes to you and that we would encourage and invalidate not invalidate but validate others as they say yes lord we thank you that you are a god who is strong and who lifts up those that feel forgotten and we look and ask for eyes to see where you are filling your promises in Jesus' name amen